know if God could make us feel his love, he would. But you know what's crazy? He, he gives us a choice. And what's crazier is he loves our free will. It might surprise you, but, but God loves the fact that we can choose for him or against him. In other words, he loves that we have freedom to choose. He loves that we have free will. Now, what does that really mean? How is it consistent with God's being in control, with his sovereignty? Well, that's the question we're going to explore today just a little bit. I'm sure you've wondered about this. So, I'm, as Kevin introduced me, I'm Bill Mallott. I'm the executive pastor here at Kensington, and I'm delighted to share with you some, some thoughts about God's sovereignty, about free will, and about how we can blend those two. So let me ask you a question first before we go into this. How many choices do you think you've already made today, this week, this month, this year? It, it's pretty hard to count. So let's, let's have a little fun right now for a minute. You don't have to raise your hand on these, or, but just think to yourself what choice, what your choice would be as I ask these, these questions. And if you want to yell it out, your choice of one or the other, go ahead. Um, some of these Kevin's asked before, but just go with it. It'll be quick. All right. You might want both of these, but just pick one. You've got to make a choice, okay? So, so here's, here's, the, here's the choices. Beef or chicken? Coke or Pepsi? Uh, diet or sugar soda? Uh, Mac or PC? Uh, <clears throat> iPhone or, or Android? Oh, uh, oh, here's a good one. This, this is one. Gated or non-gated community? That, we got both. Pets or no pets? Boy, lots of cats or no cats? No, no, we won't go there. Save, save money or spend it? Ooh, look at you savers out there. How, how about give money or, or keep it for ourselves? Ooh, look at you. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Exercise or sit on the couch? Come on, be honest. You're in church. Okay. How about read a book or go to a movie? Good. I'm glad you guys are honest over here. Rather go to movie than read. How about how about proceeding with caution, or taking a risk? Hey, riskers out there. How about following or leading? Ooh, you know only 10% of the world's really meant to lead. Okay, so speak, <laughs> speak, or listen. Ah, that's good. Very honest there. Okay, so those are just a few of the many choices we have. They. They, we make them all the time. And, and you know what's funny is the subject of free will, ever since we, we decided to do this series and I decided to speak on this topic, so many times I've heard this topic come up in the, just in my own experiences in the last couple of months. It's multiple times it's come up. My, my wife, my wife Casey, you guys know Casey, she loves to eat salad. I don't understand why. I don't really, I don't really care for it. I'd, I'd rather eat meat and potatoes. But... But we, we also, I, I also don't like going to restaurants very much. And fortunately, neither of us do. Uh, but Casey's always saying to me, aren't you glad we have choices? Aren't you glad we can choose? So tell me, what's your first reaction when somebody tells you that you have to do something or that you can't do something? Don't you just want to do that thing that they say you can't do? Even if you didn't care about it before, 
It's just there's something in our nature. God designed us that way. He, he, he obviously gives us some choices that we can make, and some of those choices impact our destiny, and some of them don't. Here's, here's three things I want to share with you real quick that I shared with my kids as they were growing up. Some of you know I have six kids, and some of them turned out all right, some of them didn't. You know, but, we'll, we'll, <laughs> but, but here are the things. These are the things I shared with my kids as they were growing up. These are the choices. These are three of the big ones that you have to make in your life. What are you going to live your life in? Who are you going to live your life with? And who are you going to live your life for? So in those three choices, we, we have a lot of, we determine our path as we go. So obviously, at least to me, the last one, who are we going to live our life for? If we're going to live it for God, if we're going to live it for ourselves, that's the question today. What are we going to live, or who are we going to live our life for? So are we going to live by God's plan, or are we going to live by our own plan? For him or for ourselves? Now, some of you might be asking, and this is a question my sister just asked. Some of you didn't know, but my, my brother just passed away this past week, and we went up to see him. Uh, our, the five of us that are left went to see my oldest brother, and uh, he said, he, he told us, he says, man, I'm so glad you guys came here while I'm alive. It's better than getting roses after I'm dead. You know, so he, he still had, he still had a sense of humor. He made some choices in his life. He was 81 years old and he had a great life. But, but my sister, we got into a conversation and she was talking about this very thing. Isn't God just sovereign? We don't really have a choice at anything. We, he'll, he'll determine, he'll do his will no matter what we do. Well, we're going to talk about that in a second. So that's the confusing part. Isn't God in control, and how does our free will affect that? Now, do we really have a free will? I guess that's the question we have to, we have to answer, and, and the answer is yes or no. But i, I, I got to tell you a quick story about when I was a young boy. I was, uh, I was trying to figure out this God thing. I was trying to figure out how, how I could go to heaven because I heard people talk about this, and, and I felt like God was real. I felt like he existed, and I wanted to follow him. But I really didn't know what that meant. Uh, I didn't see a lot of people around me following God. I saw a lot of people pretending to follow God. But here's, here's what their goal was. Their goal was to do just enough to get by. Just enough and then follow their own will instead of God's will. So I would think to myself, and this is 8, 9, 10 years old. I remember doing this. I remember thinking, if God is really God, then why would we even consider doing anything other than what he wants us to do? But the problem was I was never taught how to find God's will. I was never allowed to read the Bible. We were told we couldn't. We didn't understand it. We weren't smart enough. And then I was told, well, you just follow the rules of the church, and then if you're good enough, then you'll go to heaven. Ah. Well, that was disturbing to me because I, I actually, you're going to think this is crazy. But I actually thought this. I truly thought that the only way I would go to heaven is if I would fall down the church steps and die coming out of the confessional. That's the only way I thought that I would be clean enough to get into heaven. Well, obviously I was confused. And I didn't know what was required of me. I didn't know what I was free to do or what I was free not to do. Anybody ever felt like that? You just don't know what you're supposed to do. And even sometimes you know what to do. Why don't I do it? Well, I didn't know where to get the answers. We, we, were, we were just a, 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 a growing process. We're supposed to read the Bible. We know that the Bible has a lot of answers for us. 
And I, I remember when I first started reading the Bible, I read in the book of Romans, chapter 7, where Paul, Paul who was, remember him, he was the one who thought that the followers of Christ were a threat to the Jewish faith. He was going around killing them and persecuting them and, and really uh, get, trying to get the, the, this way of grace and all this stuff. He was trying to lead people back to the law. But after he came to Christ, he wrote this book in, to the Romans, and he said, he said, the very things that I do, I, I, I don't do. And the very things I should do, I don't do. And the very things I shouldn't do, I do. I feel like a wretch. Who can save me from this, this habit, from these choices that I make? And Paul was talking about his free will, and he was talking about how it made him feel. Well, I felt like Paul when I was a little boy. I felt like I wanted... And here is the thing. I wanted to hide from God, not, not draw close to him, because I felt inadequate. I felt like I wasn't good enough. So the idea of free will really didn't make any sense to me at all. If, if, if I didn't do what God wanted, here's what would happen. He's not going to like me. Anybody ever felt that way? If I don't do what God wants, he's not going to like me. So about it which is it is god is god in control or do we have a free will why did he let me do bad things have you ever wondered that why does god let me do bad things well i know there's a lot of parents out here just like a parent sometimes you let your kids make mistakes sometimes you you only intervene when it's absolutely necessary and you allow them to do the things that they want to do because they learn through that well some people might think that Free will is a dilemma for God. In fact, uh, I, wanna, I want you to take a look at a, a clip from a, what Hollywood's picture of free will is and their priority on it. So we're going to watch something from a, a movie called Bruce Almighty. Almighty. Watch this. Take a closer walk with me. Let me explain the rules. Rules? Yeah, you left in such a rush, I didn't get a chance to explain. Two extra fingers. Freak me out a little bit. <laughs> I just figured I'd get your attention. I did the same thing to Gandhi. He didn't eat for three weeks. <laughs> anyway, here's the deal. You have all my powers. Use them any way you choose. There are only two rules. You can't tell anybody you're God. Believe me, you don't want that kind of attention. And you can't mess with free will. Uh-huh. Can I ask why? Yes, you can. That's the beauty of it. kind of funny that, that God, the, the one reaction there is, yes, you can. You can ask me why. Because he does. He wants to hear from us. And he doesn't want us to be perfect. He knows we can't. But I'm not sure that's the way God quite looks at things and says, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of wringing my hands. I don't think God ever is like that. But, but let's try and understand how our choices and the fact that we can choose, how they can be consistent with a God who has control. You know, even when we make our choices and even when we're free to do it, we don't have control over things. You ever notice that? You try to control your life, and the more you try to control it, the more it gets out of control. How can free will, then, be compatible with God's sovereignty? Well, here's three different dimensions that I want to look at today. And this, this might help us to understand how this can all fit together. So there's, there's three aspects. God's determined will, God's desired will, and God's permissive will. 
So here's a statement that I want you to keep in mind, and I'm going to put it up on a slide. As we look at these three different dimensions of God, this came from a, a message by Andy Stanley uh, when he talked about the subject of God's will, and he said, the more familiar you become with the determined will of God and the more obedient you are to the desired will of God, the easier it is for you to discover the permissive will of God. Now, keep that in mind. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to that uh, toward the end of the message. But let's look at God's determined will first. Let's look at this first one, God's determined will. This is what's going to happen regardless of what we do, regardless of what we think. Things that God is going to do no matter what. Things that you and I can't stop. We can't do anything about them. God's going to do them. Jesus' birth, he's going to do that. We'll be judged. Revelation 20 says, though all of mankind will be judged. Christ will build his church. Matthew 16, he said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus will come again to this earth and Satan will be defeated. Revelation 19, read that. God is going to do those things. Sometimes we don't quite understand why God does things and why he does them in a certain order and how he, he wants us to react to them. And you know, I can't explain that. I can't explain why God does things. And, and you know why that is? There was a, a, a passage in, in a, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet in the Old Testament. And he said, he said this, and I've, I've always tried to keep this in mind whenever I'm puzzled about something in the Bible. God says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. If you've ever struggled to try to understand the complete heart of God, you'll never do it. His ways are higher than our ways. So suffice it to say this, God makes the rules and he sets the standards, not because he's mean, because he's God. He's truly, by definition, he's God, and he sets the rules. So this is a part of God's will, his determined will, that we can't do anything about. It's going to happen. Our only responsibility is to, is to learn about it so that we know what to expect. The, this, the next aspect of God's will is maybe a little bit more relevant to us, and this is, this is one that I hope you'll really hear today and hear God's heart on this and hear my heart on this. And this one's a little bit easier to understand. It's called God's desired will. Now, now think about that for a second. God desires us to do certain things. It's easy to understand, but it's difficult to do. In, in John chapter 14, uh, John is quoting uh, Jesus, and Jesus says, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he's the one who loves me. And we listen to that song, I, I wish I could make you love me. I wish I could, if, if I could do anything, I would, I would cause you to, to feel my love for you. Well, Jesus said this is the way we show our love for God, by obeying his commands. God's desire and his desired will for us is to obey him and obey his commands. So here's the natural question. And, and this is something we all have struggled with in a time or two, I'm sure. What are his commands? Do we need to obey all of them? Can we really do that? Can we obey everything? Is, I mean, can we be like the... The, the legalist in the, in the Old Testament, do we have to obey everything and wash our hands with eggshells and all these? Can we do all that stuff? Well, Paul gives us a glimpse of how we can view this and how we can view God's commands. Paul is the messenger to the Gentiles. Remember, he was, he was converted. He was leading his people away from, uh, now he was leading people away from that hard Jewish law and, and into the idea of grace, that message of grace and being led by the Spirit of God. And here's what he said 
about God's spirit and how this really becomes that guide to God's desire and will in our life. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And look what it says at the end. There is, there is no law against these things. So when you make your choices and you allow the Spirit of God to move in your, your heart and life so that you can practice these things, that's obedience. That's what God wants you to do. Now, what's, what's the other side of this? And, and just before that, he talks about somebody who doesn't follow the Spirit in Galatians uh, 5, 19 through 21. He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Look at these things. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, ah, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. I think they covered them. Uh, like these. What, what else is there? Uh, so, so think about these. These are the choices that we have. Which one do you want to you choose? God wants us to choose how the Spirit guides us. But here's one verse. That, that simplified it for me. Back when I was in college, we, we used this as our theme verse my senior year in college. And, and it, he's, it was from Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. Now, Micah was an Old Testament prophet, but he was, he was very consistent with the principles that Jesus taught. And Micah 6, 8 says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And here's the, here's the part I really like. And what does the Lord require of you? Simple, simple, simple hard to do, but simple to understand. He wants us to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. So, again, this, this I did a whole message on this one time, just on that verse, because it's so easy to love justice and to want mercy for only ourselves, isn't it? It's, it's just that kind of nature we have. We want everybody else to come to justice, but we want to break when we do something wrong. Peter tells us, Peter was a, uh, one, of, one of Jesus' apostles, and he writes a little later on, but he talks about humility, and he talks about how important, how God loves it when we're humble. And he said in 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6, he said, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. So sub submit to your elders here. So, and he says, all of you, clothe yourself. Imagine, think about that clothing yourself with humility as you get dressed in the morning as you clothe yourselves put on humility toward one another because God and here's here's the here's the catch God opposes the proud but he gives grace and he shows favor to the humble if there's one thing that you could take from this message from this experience today there's only one thing be humble in God's presence and be humble toward one another and Peter also says later on, he says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you. And here's the, the part I love. He's not, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That doesn't mean that we all will get to heaven just because we want to or because he wants us to. He wants us to, but he wishes that we do it by coming to repentance from those evil ways of life Turn to him and accept his grace. That's the choice we have. So again, this is a fairly simple aspect of God's will to understand his desired will, but it's hard to do. It takes transformation. In Romans chapter 12, I want to put this verse up as well. 
Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform. And some versions say, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then, then, after you're transformed, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. If you don't know what God wants you to do, maybe we're not transformed. Maybe we're not transformed enough. Maybe we're not submitted to his will quite enough. And so that's the reason that the mission of our church, if you've ever looked at the mission of our church, my son has this shirt on over there, Matthew's got it on, to, to see everyone transformed and mobilized by Jesus. Transformed first and then be mobilized by him. That's the mission of our church. So before we get into the other, uh, the last area, the, the permissive will of God, uh, we, we, I want to... Um, I want to watch one more clip here, um, but let, let's watch Bruce Almighty, and he's going to talk about uh, how he kind of messed up, and he's sitting there lamenting over how he's misused his power. So let's let's watch this clip, and we'll come back. Nothing like spending quality time with great friends, huh? Grace left me. Yeah, I know. She'll take me back. She'll take you back, right? Would you take you back? How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? <laughs> Welcome to my world, son. If you come up with an answer to that one, you let me know. How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? That's a great question. You can't force love. So the third aspect, the third aspect that we're going to look at today is his permissive will. Now, before we, we look at that one, uh, I'm gonna, we're gonna, it's a great time to take the offering. Is it your permission to give or not to give? Uh, how about that? Uh, so don't feel obligated to give, especially if you're just here for the first time or if, if you're just checking us out as a church. We're, we're not and never will try to guilt you into giving up your money. Paul tells the, the Corinthians, he says, each person should give what they have decided in their heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. And, and that's a great guide to how we should give as God leads us to give. Uh, somebody told me in the lobby that you, I should tell you, it's your choice to give, but God wants you to give. No, that's, that's a, uh, so, so let's move on to God's permissive will. Let's, let's move on and, and talk about this. This is the hard one. God's permissive will. Do we really have permission to do whatever we want? To a degree we do, but remember there's always consequences to our choices. The, the, the Bible tells us whatever we sow, we also reap. Whatever we plant, we'll also harvest. So also we're limited by our nature. I mean, just because we want to, we can't fly uh, from one place to another. We, natural laws govern some of our choices like gravity and nature. And, but there, there are no natural laws that, that determine whether we should put on tennis shoes instead of dress shoes or put on, uh, uh, order bacon for breakfast instead of sausage or no meat at all or eat, eat salad instead of meat and potatoes. There's no natural laws to, to tell us to pick the right mate or to get the right job, the right place to live, the right college to go to, the, the right car to drive. None of those things are given to us as commands in God's word. And some people, I'm sure you've seen people like this, some people even struggle with, oh, I wonder what God's will is and what color shirt I should wear today, or 
Or how should I, should I eat Cheerios or shredded wheat? Or should I eat Lucky Charms for breakfast? Is that okay? Well, this mentality, it can cause a lot of stress in your life. And God never intended it to be that way. We learned a few weeks ago in here that 80 to 85% of all hospital visits are stress-related. So chill out. Don't be stressed over those things that you can't control and that God never intended you to stress over. He gives us freedom within boundaries according to his wisdom. He, he desires us to follow his plan, but he gives us the choice not to follow it. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So why doesn't, and here's the big question of the day, why doesn't God just make us follow this plan? He knows it's best for us. Wouldn't we then be better off if he did that? Why doesn't God just save everyone? Why doesn't he make us love him? Let's watch the third clip from Bruce Almighty and see how that works out. Yeah, I gotta go. Wait! Now. Have you completely lost your mind? What, are you drunk? Yeah, I'm drunk. Drunk with power. Yeah, I know, free will. Wouldn't you like to do that with your kids sometimes? <laughs> Just say, do it, because I said so. Uh, so so here's, here's the thing. You can't make people love you. God can't either. He chose it to be that way. His desire is for us to love him, but he doesn't force us to do it. And here's the simple answer. I, I want you to just kind of see these words. To, to what he wants us, what he wants us to love him, and why love can't be real if it's forced. Forced love is not love at all. Real love for God must be voluntary. Has to be voluntary. What Jennifer Anderson said at the end of the clip, she said, "I did. I did until what? Until you forced me to do it. Now I don't want to anymore. God wants our." our voluntary love for him. So for me, a few things uh, really help me understand God's permissive will and allows me to, to allows us to choose things. When my son, when he was in eighth grade, he, he came up to me and he said, Dad, I really like your, I like your life. I want to follow in your footsteps with your faith and with your profession, and I want to see how I can do that. That was really honoring to me. It communicated a love. I didn't force him to do it. It couldn't have been achieved by coercion or me commanding him to do it. When, when my wife chooses to do nice things for me without me asking or coercing her into doing them, it helps me understand how good that feels. When my children choose to follow God's ways and walk in his ways because they want to, not because I force them to, it's honoring to me. It's honoring to God. Now, on the other hand, when my children don't choose to do this, right, it hurts. It, it doesn't it hurt when your children make wrong choices. But without the potential for hurt, there's no potential for real love. When I discovered that I had a choice 
and what church to attend, the style of worship that I wanted for my life. Here's what it did for me. And, and I, I just want you to hear my heart in this. It, it helped me to have a feeling that God trusted me. He, he trusted me enough to give me a choice. Free will is not a curse. Free will is a trust from God. So what's the point? Why, why do we have a free will? Why do we want to understand this? What difference does it make if we understand God's will? Let me, let me summarize this again. I'll, I'll repeat what Andy Stanley said. He said, the more familiar you become with the determined will of God and the more obedient you are to the desired will of God, the easier it will be for you to discover the permissive will of God. Transformation begins with recognizing that our sin, you know we have a sin nature because of the fall of man. And our sin nature wants us to, to push against God, not to come alongside him. And it, it, it gives us that feeling that I felt like God doesn't like me. Because I'm not doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. But his Holy Spirit can guide us into a relationship with God through Jesus. This is the connection. It's the only one. It's the only connection. But it will change our lives. It will change our life forever. We'll no longer be constrained by sin, but we'll truly be able to choose what's right and good. You know, some people think free will is being able to do anything you want. It's not about that. It's about having the freedom to do what's right, to do the right thing, even when you don't want to, or even when your selfish nature, nature says, oh, don't bother with that. Go, go do this instead of that. So choosing God's way and not our own selfish ways, even when the world tells us to go and do it, that's true freedom. God loves it when we choose him, and that's why he loves free will. Salvation, salvation is God's work. At the same time, our motives, our desires, our actions, they're all voluntary. They all have, we all have a choice, and, and we're, we're held responsible for them. Even Joshua, you remember Joshua in the Old Testament, he succeeded Moses leading his people in the promised land. He was given this charge to take his people there, but he, he had some people among him that, that were not choosing the way he wanted to go. He said, if serving the Lord seems undesirable for you, then you choose. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether your gods or your ancestors served, or whether the, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But then he said something very profound. He says, but as for me and my household, we will choose So Joshua made a decision, and he followed through with that decision. Now God doesn't give us, he doesn't give us a free choice. He doesn't give us wisdom. He doesn't give us direction for our consideration. He wants us to trust him just like he trusts us. So when, here, here's, here's the key to, to, to life and the key to understanding how God will speak and communicate to us. Would you tell somebody to do something if you knew their answer was going to be no? God doesn't want us to immediately say no to his he wants us to trust in him with all of our heart and not lean on our own understanding. This is a, ver this is a verse from Proverbs the, from the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon. And he said, in, your, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and then he will make your path straight. Surrender. <clears throat> Surrender is a hard thing, but to the known will of God, that gives us the discernment. So here, here's the thing. It's not, it's not seeing that's believing. Sometimes we have to believe first.
our concerns. So if we say, God, I'll say yes to whatever you tell me, he's much more likely to tell us what he wants us to do. Now, before I finish, I, I just want to share a couple of things from my heart. Uh, not that anything else wasn't from my heart, but this is really, this is really something that, that, that has that just occurred to me as I've lived my life, I've looked back on my life. I've, I've found that, that following God and developing a relationship with Christ has been and continues to be the, 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 just the most wonderful thing that has ever happened in my life. I, I can't imagine living without Christ. The people I've met, the opportunities I've had to, to serve and pers- pursuing relationships. And, and here's one thing I learned. I didn't choose God. He chose me. He chose to redeem me from my empty way of life, as Peter puts it in his letter, that was passed down from my forefathers. My choice here's the choice I had. I had to exercise my free will to receive his gift and not reject it. That was my choice. And it was a good choice, too. I got to tell you, that was the best choice I ever made in my life. Second thing I want to share is because of my choice to accept God's love and redemption, I have changed in ways that I never thought would happen. I never thought it possible that I could feel toward people the way I do and accept things in my life, to have such a stress-free life. I never thought that that stuff could happen. Uh, when Paul was arrested and he went to appeal to Caesar and went through the, the process of going to courts, he, he appeared before King Agrippa. If you remember the story in, in Romans, he's, he, he talks about going, this is a, in the book of Acts, and he talks about going before him and he says, uh, he says, can I speak freely? And King Agrippa told him, yeah, go ahead. And he tells him all about his relationship with Christ and how he, he came to him and obedient to the call of God. And King Agrippa said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Do you think, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul answered him this way. He said, short time or long, I pray that God, that to God, that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for, for these chains. Why do I tell you that? Because we all have a choice to make in our lives today. In this short time that I've had to talk with you, I I know, I I have no reason to believe that I could persuade anybody in this room to to make anything different than what you're already doing or to believe anything different than what you already believe. But here's what I do strongly believe. I believe that the power of God's Spirit can. I believe that because of the words that are in His his plan and His words for us, that the Spirit can, can touch our hearts and that he, he can cause us all to leave here different than when we came. So maybe, maybe you need to accept the gift today that God gave us to begin your relationship with Jesus. It's your, it's your free will to do that. It's your choice. God gives you that choice. Maybe you need to take the first step of obedience and, and follow him in, in baptism next Sunday. Maybe if, uh, if you've been baptized and before you came to trust Christ, well, maybe you need to do it again. Maybe if you're a man in this room and you want to to pursue a deeper relationship with God, maybe you need to come to dig this Wednesday at the Village Inn in Winter Garden Village at 6.30 a.m. to fellowship with some other guys that are really trying to seek God's will for their lives as well. I don't know what the Spirit of God is telling you today, but here's here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for us now that you would answer whatever he's asking you to do and say yes. Pray with me. God, I know, I know that you're speaking to hearts today. 
because you, you told us, you told us that your word never, never returns is not accomplishing its purpose. I pray that, that you would give courage to those who need your touch today. We, we all have something to learn, something to change. I pray that you'd speak to each of us, help us to say yes. We're going to sing, uh, we're going to close with a couple of songs uh, today. And one is the song that we're going to do right now is, is called uh, I Surrender. Now, spending a large part of my life in the Air Force, uh, that was one word I was never too fond of, the word surrender. I was trained to figure out how to win, uh, not to surrender. But I, I invite you to listen to the song and try to let yourself see that the greatest victory in life 